0: You are listening to the sermon podcast of Redemption Chapel in Stowe, Ohio. For more resources and information, go to redemptionchapel.com. We are currently in a series called Go. And if you've been here for the past few weeks, let me kind of remind you where we've been. If you haven't, I'll bring you up to speed. But we've been talking about how we as disciples, we should be on the go. It's no grow, and go. And the first week of the series, you might remember we talked about, Pastor Rick talked about how we were created on purpose by God for a purpose. That we're not random, uh, that God created us with a purpose in mind and he has a purpose for how we should live. And we talked about how we live that out in things like our vocations. We talked about that one week and how our jobs are not some like secular part of our lives. And then we have everything else that's spiritual, that those two things actually go together. And our vocation is a way to live out our calling, to live on purpose. And then last week, Pastor Rick talked to us about being missionaries and how all of us, regardless if you're uh, working at church or you actually go across the ocean to somewhere else, whether you just go down the street to work a job tomorrow morning, you are a missionary and you are called to go. And we have the privilege of sharing the gospel with the world who needs it. And So this morning, we get to the topic of volunteering. And specifically, how do we volunteer as people who want to live on purpose as we go and share the gospel. How does volunteering fit in to that? Now, before we get too deep into it, let me just make sure we understand, volunteering is not a Christian thing. Like the idea of volunteering is not a unique to Christianity, that Christians and non-Christians alike volunteer, right? So many things happen in our world day in and day out because people volunteer their time, their talents, and their energy. Uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I ran in the Akron Relay with some people from my community group. And if you ran either in the marathon or the half and you've ever been down there, you know that that Akron Marathon event couldn't happen without a lot of what? Volunteers, right? And last I checked, they were not all Christian volunteers, right? That was probably some Christians, non-Christians, just people volunteering. So, so here's the thing. We got to understand how does our volunteering as disciples of Jesus, how does it look different? And how is it uniquely different than those around us who are not followers of Jesus that are volunteering as well. What makes our volunteering different? Is this the thing is it the same or is it different? And get this, before I get into it, let me just have you guess. How many volunteers do you think there are in the world as of 2023? What would you guess? No one wants to guess, right? It's one billion, all right? I Googled it, right? It's one billion volunteers. That's a lot of volunteers. But like I said, there there should be a difference. There is something different about how we volunteer as disciples. Than our non-Christian neighbors. And I think it comes down to three things. It's the where and the why and the how, right? What separates me from volunteering as a disciple than my non-Christian neighbor who might be volunteering just to give back to the community? It's the where, the why, and the how, all right? So let's walk through those together this morning. The first is where, where we volunteer. So the first thing we gotta consider as Christians is, is where in the world do we volunteer? And I think it comes down to two primary areas, And it's in the local church and outside the local church. Now, when I say local church, because I'm going to say that a few times over the next few minutes, I want to make sure you understand what I mean by that term. So when I say local church, I'm not referring to the body of Christ universally. Like I'm not referring to Christians across the globe who call Jesus Lord and we're in the family of God together. We often call that the big C church. I'm talking about the local church, the church that you call home. The church that you worship at weekly, the church you invest in, the church that you're a member of, all right? And maybe you're just like passing through this morning, but most of you, you would call Redemption Chapel your local church. And so I think we need to be volunteering in the local church, but also outside of it. So let's kind of walk through those two things. Let's first talk about volunteering in the local church. And if you call Redemption Chapel home, this is your local church. And I just want you to know that our church, Redemption Chapel, We rely and we value, we rely on and we value our volunteers, that we greatly value you. We greatly rely on you as volunteers. You see, as churches grow, what tends to happen is as churches get larger, they tend to stop focusing on volunteers and they start focusing on paid staff. And so the church gets bigger, there's more needs, and so they stop trying to get a bunch of volunteers and they just say, we'll just go heavy on the staff and we'll just hire a ton of staff to do all the work in the ministry. Now, now we understand that to some extent as our church has grown over the years, we've had to do that. We've had to beef up our paid staff. That's, that's going to happen. But one of the things that's always been in our DNA as Redemption Chapel, and it's going to continue to be in our DNA, is that we rely on and we value having an army of volunteers who are doing the ministry. It's not just paid staff. Now, there's a phrase you might have heard us say around here, and it's this. The ministers are in the pews, not just in the pulpit. So we really believe that if you are sitting, and it's chairs for us, not pews. They're like, where's the pews? Chairs, All right? But pews sounds better. Uh, But if you're sitting out there, right? If you call this church home, if this is where you attend, if this is where you worship, God is saying, I expect you, I want you to be involved in that ministry. It's not just us in the pulpit. It's not just the paid staff. You are called by God. You are wired. Uh, God uniquely wired you to serve in a certain way in the church. It's not just staff, pastors, and us. Now, you might be thinking, Austin, uh, you're a pastor, and you need volunteers at your church, so this sounds really good. And the answer is yes, we actually really do. But it's not just a redemption chapel thing. This is actually a biblical thing. Uh, the New Testament teaches something we call the priesthood of the believer. And what that means is that when you become a Christian, you no longer need someone standing between you and God. You have direct access to God. We just sing boldly I approach. The reason you can boldly approach the throne of God is because Jesus has paid the price. He's given you that access. And now as a believer, you have direct access to him. You can worship him, pray to him, talk to him, enjoy a relationship with God. You don't have to go through someone else. That also means that when it comes to serving in the church, it's no longer just about the pastors. It's no longer about the ministers up here. The ministers are now you guys out in the congregation, that you've been given access to the Lord to serve him and to offer up your service as worship to him. Look at this. This is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse five. And it says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That verse is not written to pastors. It's not written just to paid staff. That is written to believers. That if you are a Christian, you have been given that, uh, the access to God. You are considered a priest. And so not only do you have access to talk to him, to pray to him, all that, but you can serve him and you are called by God to do that. Now, we try to make it very simple here at Redemption Chapel. We try to make it easy for you. And so we have a lot of different ways you can volunteer. And if you scan that QR code, it's going to take you to a page that we call the Serve page. And on that page, there's a lot of different ways you can volunteer. We list out all the different areas of our ministry. Uh, you can volunteer on one of our many first impressions teams. So when I say first impressions, that's everything that happens on a Sunday morning before you get in this room. So when you come onto our parking lot, there's people helping you park, there's someone holding a door, someone's cutting a donut because they don't cut themselves, right? Like someone has to do that, right? There's volunteers doing that. And you can volunteer on one of those teams and help us create a welcoming environment on Sunday mornings. You can serve in the kid zone, right? You can volunteer in the kid zone where you can help kids have a fun, safe, safe, gospel center place to learn about Jesus. You can be a part of that. You can be a part of our photography team and help us capture photos that captures what God is doing here so other people can see it. And goodness gracious, if you want to be crazy on a Wednesday night and run around with middle schoolers, you can serve at midweek, right? You can serve in our youth ministry. You can volunteer. Let me just say this, as on behalf of our pastoral team, our staff team, I know many of you, I'm preaching to the choir, many of you already volunteer in many ways. Some of you volunteer multiple ways. And I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for volunteering. Thank you for taking this seriously and knowing it's not just a redemption thing. It's what God is calling you to do. Now, you might be sitting out there and going, Austin, that's not me. And I hope that an action point coming off this sermon for you is that you feel, man, it's not just the pastor saying, hey, I want you to volunteer. God wants you to volunteer. God has put you in this local church for a reason. And he wants you to use your time, your talents, your gifts to serve right here in this body. But as I said earlier, there is another aspect, there's another place we serve, and that's outside of the church. We also should volunteer outside of the local church. And here's why this is important. So consider this. There's a lot of people in our community that are never going to come into this room. There's a lot of people in our community that are never going to come to an event or service at Redemption Chapel. And so if all we're doing is volunteering in here, we're not going to reach those people. We're not going to rub shoulders with those people. And so part of our job as Christians is to look out and go, okay, what local ministries, what local mission partners, what is happening in the community where I can lean in and volunteer as a believer and also be about going and being on purpose to reach people out in the community that may never come and here. And that leads us to going, okay, what are some local ministries? What are, what's happening around us? And again, we try to make it simple for you. We have it on our website right? We have a whole page dedicated to missions and you'll see there's a local mission section. And what we want for you to do as Redemption Chapel, we want you to lean in and go, man, there are some great ministries happening around us in our community. And these are ministries doing great things and you can volunteer with them and you can help spread the gospel, spread the love of Christ, not only in here, but out there to people who need it. You know, I've heard of community groups doing this. Maybe it's a community group thing. Maybe you get with your community group and going, hey, what local ministry, what local mission partner can we go volunteer at together? And maybe that's what you do. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe you go, hey, let's get the kids together. Let's pick one of these local mission partners and let's go volunteer. Maybe we do that weekly, monthly, a few times a year. Maybe you do it when they have a special event, but you lean in as a family and you go together. Pastor Rick mentioned last week, this is an area that our church has been weak at for some time. And with the congregation our size, we should be sending a lot of volunteers out to bless our local mission partners. And just think about this. Like I would love to get to the point as a church where our local mission partners, they know that if they need volunteers, they can come to us. They don't have to worry about recruiting out there. They go, man, I know those people at Redemption. They love the gospel. They wanna be about being on the go. They wanna be on purpose. They wanna be on mission. So I know they're gonna give us volunteers. Let me contact them. And let's bless them with a group of volunteers because we need to be volunteering outside the church. Now, this leads me, you might be asking, well, Austin, that's two different things. I I don't have time to do both. How do I stretch myself between those two? So which one's more important? Which one should get your attention first? Which one should get most of your energy or the priority? And I want to say this very plainly, and I'll tell you why. I think our primary volunteering should be done in the local church. And again, you're like, you're a pastor, of course, but let me tell you why, okay? Because in the New Testament, throughout the New Testament, there is a theme that talks about when you serve, when you invest, when you lean in, primarily your first place is the local church. That the local church is your family, it's your spiritual family where God has placed you. And so you lean in there first. It's family first. We said a few weeks ago when we were going through 2 Corinthians, we talked about giving. And Pastor Rick mentioned that when it comes to our giving, yes, we should give in the church and outside the church but our primary giving should be done in the church. Why? Because that's our spiritual family. Our family gets the best. Our family gets the first priority. And so I think when we talk about volunteering, we need to start in the local church. So that's the where. We do it in and we do it outside the church. But that leads me to the second thing is why? Why do we volunteer? Ultimately, God doesn't need us, right? God could figure this thing out on his own. He doesn't need a ton of volunteers. So why is he asking us to volunteer. And I think the first reason is this, is to follow the example of Jesus, right? Why do we volunteer? We follow the example of Jesus. One of the verses that sums up Jesus's life and ministry is found in the gospel of Matthew. And it says, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life is a ransom for many, right? Jesus's whole earthly ministry was all wrapped up in this idea that he is coming to serve humanity, right? And ultimately, that verse tells us, how did he do that? He did it ultimately by giving his life and paying for our sins. But before that, before Jesus went to the cross, before he was crucified, his whole time on this earth was spent serving people over and over and over. I think about one of the places in the gospels where we read this, it's in John chapter 13. And in John chapter 13, Jesus is eating a meal with his disciples And as the mill finishes up, he stoops down and he starts to wash their feet. And if you're in the disciple's shoes or sandals or barefoot, whatever they were back then, right? Like if you were one of those disciples, you would probably be thinking, what is happening? Like my king, my master, the creator of this world, this savior that's come to save us is stooping down in front of me, washing my dirty feet. And we know the disciples didn't say anything, but there was one disciple who opened his mouth, our friend Peter who decided to talk back. And Jesus says this to Peter and the rest of the disciples when he is done washing their feet. He says, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so am I. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I had given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, hey, Yes, I'm your teacher. Yes, I'm your Lord. That's correct. But I'm showing you, I'm giving you an example. The same way I'm serving you, the same way I am volunteering to wash your feet, it's the same way you should volunteer and to serve the people around you. So first and foremost, why do we volunteer? It's to be like Jesus. It's to follow the example of our Lord. But then it also means, or one of the reasons why we volunteer, this goes into the next one, is we are called to be disciples, not consumers. We're called to be disciples, not consumers. And many people view church, many people view volunteering like consumers. And Jesus says, no, 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 I've called you to be disciples. And disciples look at volunteering differently. So let me, let me show you some contrast here. Consumers expect others to volunteer, right? Disciples volunteer themselves. So consumers say, ah, I'm not gonna volunteer because I know Redemption Chapel's big and there's a lot of other people that can volunteer. But a disciple says, no, no, no. Let me volunteer. Let Sign me up. Where do you need me? I will jump in. They're different. And then there's also this one. Consumers let others carry the load. Disciples help carry the load. So if you're a consumer, you look around and go, man, ministry looks busy. There looks like there's a lot of need for people to help. It looks like they got it. So I'm just going to step back. But disciples say, no, no, no. Where can I jump in? Where can I help support the ministry? Where can I lean in and use my gifts and use my time? to help carry the load. And then there's this, consumers see the local church as a place to be served, but disciples see the local church as a place to serve. See, consumers walk into a, a church, maybe they walk into a building like ours and go, man, I better get some good coffee, give me a good donut, uh, preach me a good, to me a good sermon, good, some good songs, make sure my kids are happy, right? Like, that's all I need. Feed me, make me happy, do what I need. I'm a consumer. And then they leave. But what do disciples do? Disciples come in and say, yeah, I hope I'm fed. Like, I hope I get a donut and coffee. Like, I hope the sermon's good. I hope worship's great. But it's not just here because I need to be fed. I'm here to serve others. And there's many of you, you worship one hour and you stick around for the next hour because you're volunteering. Because for you, church is not just a place to be fed or to be served, a place to serve and to help feed others. And ultimately it leads to this. Consumers lean away from volunteering, disciples lean into volunteering. If you're a consumer, every time we talk about volunteering, you're going to lean out. You're like, nope, that's not for me. Someone else has got it. I don't want to do that. But if you're a disciple of Jesus and you take seriously the call to serve others, then you're going to hear about volunteering and you're going to go, I'm in. Let me help. Where can I lean in? Because you see it differently. You're not a consumer. You're a disciple. And so here's a value at our church. You might've heard us say this, but we are contributors, not consumers, that we're not people who consume, we are people who help do the work of the ministry. So read this. This is on the screen. It says, God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. So we are neither consumers nor spectators. We are, not, we are committed to his kingdom and are motivated by eternity. We are moved by joy, gratitude, and passion, not duty and guilt. Thus, we are generous givers, and get this, and active servants The ministers are in the pews, not just in the pulpit. That's where we get that from. So I hope you caught that, right? As a disciple, you're called to be a part of a local church, and you're not called to spectate. You're not called to consume. You're called to be involved. You're called to be a contributor. You're called to be an active participant in the ministry. And again, I want you to hear that's not just a call from a pastor. That's not a call from our church staff. That is a call from the Lord, saying if you are a disciple. Lean in. I got something for you here. I want you to serve. And so that's, uh, that's why. But then how? How do we volunteer? Because here's the thing we got to make sure our, our attitude's right, our heart's in the right spot. Because here, it's easy to volunteer. It's easy to go, I'll check a box, I'll sign up on Planning Center, like I will do what you need me to do, Redemption Chapel. I got it. But you can have a terrible attitude, or your heart can be in the wrong place. So think about if you're a parent, you know this. So, if you're a parent, and you tell your kid, hey, I need you to go clean your room. I need you to go brush your teeth, right? Your kid may sure as well do exactly what you ask, but they could stomp down the hall. They could bang on the wall, right? They could call you the worst parent in the world, but, and, and they, could, but they could do what you ask, right? Now, as a parent, what are you going to do? You're probably going to lean in and go, hey, I'm glad you clean your room. I'm glad you listened to me. That's great. But your attitude was terrible. Like, and we need to think about where your heart is. We need to think about how you're acting because you care more about that than you do them just doing what you ask them to do. And I think the same is true with God, that when God looks at us as his kids, he says, man, yes, I want you to volunteer. I want you to lean in, serve in the local church. You're a part of it. You're a disciple, not a consumer, but have a good attitude. Do it with the right heart. Don't just do it to check a box or to fill a spot. Do it as worship. Do it with the right heart for me. And so that leads me to this, is then how do we volunteer? And first, we should volunteer sacrificially. We should volunteer sacrificially. See, everything in your life, anything worthwhile is going to take sacrifice. If there is something in your life that you think is important, you are going to sacrifice other things to make that thing happen. So for an example, one of the things that I love doing is I love playing basketball. So I've been playing basketball with a group of guys on Tuesday and Thursday mornings for the last about 10 years. And we play every Tuesday and Thursday morning. We start at 6 a.m. And so on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, I usually get up about 5, I get ready, I hit the, we're at the gym by 6 and we play a few hours of pickup. Now I know one of the things that happens on those two mornings is I am sacrificing some things. Really sleep, all right, that's the first thing. Like I'm sacrificing, I could stay in bed for another hour, two hours, I could get up and do other things, but I'm sacrificing some sleep because I wanna play basketball. I think it's important, I enjoy it, I value that. Recently, my wife has also pointed out that as i am gotten older, uh, I'm also sacrificing my body because my body hurts more than it used to. And so now one of the questions she asks me every morning when I walk in after I play basketball is, hey, honey, what'd you hurt this time? And usually I have an answer, right? I'm limping, something sore, but I'm sacrificing something. Why? Because I want to play basketball. Now, maybe for you, it's not basketball. If you want to play at 6 a.m., let me know. I'll get you set up. But uh, probably for you, it's something else. Maybe you sacrifice because you think your job's important, and so you value that. So maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your education. Maybe it's your appearance. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's your kids. Let me just kind of ruffle some feathers. Let me just throw this one out. Travel sports. Yeah, that's a big sacrifice. Some of you are like, yeah, look at my checkbook. I know. like, I get it. Like, You are sacrificing a lot for your kid to play that sport. Why? Because you value it. Now, granted, I'm not here to throw shade on those things. That's great. You can sacrifice for those things, whatever. But I do want to point this out, that if we think volunteering is important, if we think as disciples, we're called to volunteer in the local church and we value that, then we need to be doing that sacrificially. We need to be sacrificing other things to make sure that happens because we think volunteering is that important. But let's be honest. What do we normally do? We sacrifice volunteering for the other things. And I think Jesus wants us to flip that and go, no, no, no. Maybe you need to sacrifice some other things to volunteer and to lean in and to do what I'm calling you to do. And so I want to encourage you, man, serve, volunteer sacrificially. But also we should serve wholeheartedly. And basically all I mean is we need to be giving your all. We're not just volunteering to fill a spot, to check a box. We're not just here to make the church happy so they can have a ton of volunteers. No, you volunteer And you do it with all that you have. You do it with all your energy. You do it with all your heart. Why? Because ultimately, it's for Jesus, not for us. Look at these verses, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. In Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And then in Colossians, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. And so we volunteer with all of our hearts. We lean in, we embrace it. Why? Because we realize we're doing it for God. It's not for man. So we give it our all. And so I want to ask you if you are a volunteer, and many of you are, if you volunteer in this ministry, man, are you doing it with all of your heart? Are you just walking in like, oh, I got to be here another Sunday morning. Like, Shana wants me to cut this dang donut again. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, like somebody, is that your attitude? Or is it, you know what? I can't wait to see what God does this morning. I can't wait to see that kid or that family that's blessed by a donut I give them just because I'm volunteering. Like, I cannot wait to see how my role plays a a part in this bigger thing God is doing at Redemption Chapel. Man, is that your attitude? Because ultimately it's for the Lord and he's asking you to lean in with all of your heart. And then it leads to this, we should volunteer humbly. At the end of the day, it's not about us. It's not about our glory. It's not about us looking good. It's not about our kingdom. It's about God. It's about his glory. It's about his kingdom. And so we volunteer because we want him to be famous. We want people to know him. We want the gospel to go out. So we don't volunteer just so we can get on that volunteer of the month video we put out once a month. Like we don't volunteer so people can walk away and go, man, Redemption Chapel, the great volunteers. No, we volunteer so people can walk away and go, man, what a great God. I'm so glad I got to go to church and connect with Jesus today. The volunteers just go back into the background. I think John the Baptist's words should sum up our attitude as this. He must increase, but I must decrease. That should be our heart as volunteers. We are increasing God. We're increasing his glory. We're increasing the gospel and we can decrease in the process. And so we should serve sacrificially, wholeheartedly and humbly. That's how we should volunteer. Now, as we wrap up this morning, we're gonna gonna do something a little bit different. Uh, Typically we respond in song and we're gonna do that here in a minute. Uh, But this morning we're actually gonna take a moment Uh, to do something totally different. And to do that, I'm gonna ask Pastor Rick to come up and he is gonna share a little bit with you.
1: Uh, I'm gonna do something a little bit unique this morning, something I've never done before and will probably never do again. Uh, But what I'm going to do is give a Lifetime Achievement Award for volunteering, for serving in our ministry. And so we were talking about, man, who has like exemplified, as Pastor Austin talked about, sacrificially, wholeheartedly, and humbly. And there is probably many, many people we could give such an award to. Uh, But we we narrowed it down to one person that we feel like really exemplifies that so much in our ministry. Excuse me. And because uh, he uh, embraces the last part humbly, he's going to hate what I'm about to do. (laughs) He's going to absolutely hate this. But that's the way it is. Uh, and because he serves so much, uh, he is probably already backstage and he has no idea what I'm about to do. But, brothers and sisters, would you join me in welcoming Jack Butcher up here? Butch, come here. Come on, well, up here, brother. Come on. <laughs> Uh, Jack is not mic'd up, so I will tell you, he just hugged me and said, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) So, And he does know people. All right. Uh, So Butch, you, uh, boy, you really do exemplify so much of what Pastor Austin just preached about. And uh, I know that many in our uh, congregation, our staff team knows that. Uh, But many of you don't know that. And so let me bring you up to speed. Uh, Butch was a part of our launch team. So 15 years ago when we got this thing started, the whole launch team, the purpose, we were like, well, let's serve. <laughs> How are we going to serve to get this thing off the ground and, and, and give birth to what today became Redemption Chapel? And, and so he served in the launch team for sure. Uh, we all know that Jack is very musically gifted, which is why he was backstage, ready to come out again. Uh, And so he's always served in that way. Uh, When we started our own worship services, we needed a band. Jack was, I I think you were the band. (laughs) But he started the band, no doubt. Uh, He plays keys. He plays drums. He plays all kinds of funky Jack stuff that he does back there. We don't know what to call it, but it's the Jack stuff. Uh, When we were trying to hire Gary, uh, and there was a gap in there. You were our interim worship director. Like he was keeping the thing uh, afloat. Uh, Jack, uh, for a, a day job, a paid job, uh, repairs musical instruments. That's what he does professionally. Uh, the cool thing is for us as a church, if something breaks, we don't care. We got Jack, like we know what's going on here. We're good. Other churches freak out. We don't, we just tell Jack. So, uh, that's what he takes care of now. Uh, so not only our Sunday morning band, but then also our high school ministry at one point was trying to get going and we didn't have a band and they wanted to have a band. So we looked to Jack and Jack was like, I'll put it together. And so he, uh, excuse me, he started coaching students, right? Like it was like, Hey, you don't need to hit the drums that hard because then I need to fix them. Right. So, uh, that was a lot of it. Uh, as well, uh, Jack is not only good with instruments, but uh, sound equipment and all that. So Jack would go on our high school retreats. God bless you, right? Uh, but, but he would say, oh, you need sound equipment. I have sound equipment. He would load up his van, go early, set up, run it all weekend, break it down, bring it back uh, over and over again with my son, Caleb. So you know, it was really difficult service. So thank you. <laughs> Yes, uh, so he did that. Now Jack also did that for our women's retreats, right? So he's one of the few guys that has gone on our women's retreats, right? But he goes, set up the equipment, run it, uh, serve our women, just to serve. Uh, Then what else? Well, other events too. So uh, we used to march in the Stowe parade. Then it just became too much cost, too little benefit. But when we were doing that, we needed a sound system mobile in a pickup truck. And Jack's like, I can do that. Then one year we're like, hey, what if we do a drum line? Jack's there handing out drums. Here's what you do. Like uh, just making these things. You remember that? Those are fun times, man. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right, so then uh, another thing musically. Look, uh, a lot of times when we put out videos, there is a musical score. Uh, Think of what your favorite movie. Have you ever tried to watch that without the music behind it? It is so flat. It is just not the same. Think of the door video. There's a musical score, Jack Butcher. Most of the videos we put out, if there's a musical score, it's Jack. So all this music stuff, right? Okay, I'll come to that. Uh, so, uh, so, so he's not only music, but you served as a deacon. Uh, on our uh, transition team. So our transition, when we were becoming our own church, we needed a lot of people. uh, And so these individuals stepped up and served huge. You served as an elder uh, in our church uh, as well. His wife, Mary, that's Mary who works back in our kid zone. She's uh, my first employee. I think I hired, she's been with me forever, Uh, which means anytime Jack is not volunteering elsewhere, hey, honey, guess what I need you to do? Boom, he's in kid zone. Um, I found out recently. Uh, you know, we launched Divorce Care for Kids. You're volunteering there weekly, what, like unbelievable. So he's doing that as well. And then what Jack uh, just whispered to me, uh, he has said to me many times before. One of the reasons he serves so much is because it keeps him out of the bars. How long you been sober? Thirty three years sober, right? So it's awesome. So he serves huge in our addiction ministry, our uh, our, uh, AA meeting on Thursdays, our families facing addiction. He helps with on Saturday mornings. You've sponsored or mentored many in our congregation. I mean, I I could go on and on. There has been so many ways that Jack has served among us. So we have a gift for you. Pastor Austin, if you would please uh, thank you, brother. So, Butch, we have a gift for you. And a metronome. I, he, I'm glad you think it's cool. That's good. Um, do, you know, do you know how those work? Okay, okay, good. I just want to make sure you yeah, yeah, he can fix it. Uh, hopefully it's not broken yet, man. I think there's a switch up to, to release. There you are. Um, look at that. So you know all about these. It needs to be wound up. And it's uh, look, what's it say on the front? Let me see. Jack Butcher, faithfully serving Jesus at Redemption Chapel since 2009. So, brother, thank you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give this back to Austin. Second service, you're going to act surprised. All right? Cool. All right? That's the plan, right? That's the plan, all right. Not yet. Yeah, almost, Jack, almost. Uh, listen, uh, Redemption Chapel would not be where it is today if it weren't for volunteers like you, but particularly because of you and in the way you've served. I love you. I count it as a huge privilege to be your pastor, and we are very thankful for the way you've served. So, church, would you honor Jack, please? <laughs> love you. Love you. Wow. Get out of here. All right, stay standing if you will. Uh, Let me pray for us and we'll continue in worship. Father God, thank you very much for our brother Jack and the many ways he has served in the midst of this ministry. I know he loves you and serves you uh, and probably doesn't like the uh, public recognition he just got. Uh, and yet that he would get home and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, and be honored by you. And Father, that all of us would follow Jack's example, that we would follow Pastor Austin's admonition, that we would ultimately follow Jesus' example, and serving you, and serving you well. Uh, not only that we would serve you, but that also we would worship you, and so would you stir our hearts in worship right now, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this sermon from Redemption Chapel. Go to redemptionchapel.com for more resources and information.